Okay, welcome to this little bonus episode that I'm uh, where we we are putting together. So I'm putting together, like I own this all to myself. No, we're we're putting together. I'm joined today by Tom Smith and Matt Roberts. How are you doing, guys? Howdy. I'm good. I'm good, gents. To be fair, I just watch wrestling and make some garbled notes and try and talk some bollocks. Whereas you actually do all the hardcore actual admin and everything else involved in the podcast. Despite the fact that on multiple occasions I have said, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of the Instagram account and never do anything to yeah. it. <laughs> so I wasn't going to be the one to say it. But um, also, I would like the fact that I sprang those introductions on you so Matt can do his salute. That was my favourite part of that just then. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing this little, it's a little experiment. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if it'll be any good. But basically, Tom messaged the whatsapp group earlier today and wanted to talk about the men's uh, war games match at the recent survivor series pay-per-view and i thought let's let's just have a chat about it and maybe i'll put it up as a sort of additional bonus little thing so that we can get it out before two weeks time which is when the episode we're actually recording today comes out tom why did you want to talk about it so much well i, I made it specifically you know i specifically mentioned that i want to talk about the men's war games match because i knew that matt would hate discussing the women's one and storm off from the podcast so i decided <laughs> to get to because he notoriously hates women um before I before got... you give us your why have you watched the whole show then no i haven't no i haven't i've started it but I, i've only watched the um the men's match in its in, in totality what about you matt i watched most of the show yes what did you, you miss missed, out i missed the first half of the finn Balor aj styles match and i missed the ronda rousey and Shotzi match and i'm gutted i missed that because i heard it was really really bad and almost laughably bad so i now want to watch it curious no judgment here but why would you cut out the beginning of a match and start watching it halfway through to, to be honest um the, the way i watched it was just really awkward that day because like i was in work as well so like i watched part of it in the morning then like part of my break and i was like oh fuck i've got to go and it's just cut to the finish so i just yeah it was, it was kind of awkward and but that's pretty much how i did it so tom why did you want to talk about the men's match so much well, so I don't know if you can remember, but a couple of months ago when they announced that there was going to be a War Games match, I messaged the WhatsApp group saying, fucking absolutely piss on this. This is a disgrace. It should be a Survivor Series match because I'm a big Survivor Series guy. I'm one of the biggest Survivor Series guys, I'd say, because I don't know why, but there's something specifically about it that it always makes me think of because of the time of year it is. Matt, you don't know this. You can think he knows this, and you can probably tell by the state of my bedroom at the moment that I'm a big Christmas guy as well. <laughs> and Thanksgiving Eve tradition of the Survivor Series is always kind of a little bit of a, a segue. In I always think of it happening just before Christmas, so I always really love it. And I always love the fact that you always got teams of people you wouldn't ordinarily see together in, in matches. Now, I know that's different now because you obviously have much more crossover between different wrestlers than you used to get back in the day. So it's not really such a novelty to see a tag team paired up with two singles wrestlers against another team of equal makeup because you see it quite a lot. We can rule. In fact, it's notoriously bad when they come to making these. If they ever do like a big multi-man match, they notoriously have them paired off against each other for about the six weeks preceding the pay-per-view and then actually finally have the big bluff match with all of them together. So the novelty really doesn't exist anymore for that. But because of the fact that it's Survivor Series and I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to this sort of thing, I love that. Now I'm aware that tradition hasn't really happened properly since 1997, which is when the last like full Survivor Series card happened. But there's something I love about it. So the idea of them bringing in a multi-person match on Survivor Series that wasn't a Survivor Series match really boiled my piss. So I was like, why the fuck are you doing a five-on-five match and it's not a Survivor Series match? That was my justification for initially being quite despondent against the against this idea. And to also double 
double down on that fact. Up to this point, I've never seen a War Games match that I thought was very good. I've always thought they've been pretty shit. I always found them to be quite nonsensical and quite rubbish, basically. Now, the reason I wanted to bring it up and talk about it today is because I've watched that match now. I Basically, I'm a bit of a stand for the Bloodline, so I was like, do you know what? I just want to watch it because I, I, I really like everything that's gone on Bloodline. I'm not a regular watcher, but most Saturday mornings, I will skip through SmackDown to a bit with the Bloodline and see what's going on because I find it really entertaining. This match, I thought was absolutely fucking magnificent. This War Games match. I thought it was brilliant. I loved the opening kind of exchanges between Pete Dunne and Jey Uso to the idea of like Roman Reigns being like the godfather like Don Corleone sat in the cage like telling people what to do, when to go in. The fact that like Jimmy was supposed to be the next person to go in to help the numbers and he was like, no, 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 Sammy, you get your ass in there. Sammy going in and trying to make the saves but Jey Uso constantly being pissed off at him still during the match even though there's a bit where Sammy pulls Jey out of the way and he's still arguing with him and he's like I'm trying to help you I'm trying to help you and then basically when almost everyone's in the match Jey accidentally super kicks Sammy Zayn to which you think okay right that's kind of it now something is going to happen here either Jey's going to cost him the match and he's going to get kicked out of the bloodline or Sammy's going to turn on him and either leave the bloodline or turn on him and then and they'll have to pick a side. So they, they, that kind of happens. That's in the back of my mind. Throughout the entire match, they've got this kind of undercurrent. There's not even an undercurrent. There's no subtlety about it. About the history between, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They tease it a couple of times that they might finally have their face off and, and have a bit of a scrap. And it never quite comes to it. And at the end of the match, kind of climaxes effectively when Sami Zayn saves Roman Reigns after he's just been stunned by Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn then basically kicks him with the bollocks and hits the halluva kick, leaving him for Jey Uso to come and do the splash and get the pin after he gets the kind of nod from Roman Reigns to go ahead and, and go ahead and do that and the bit that I loved at the end of the match was the embrace from Jey Uso to Sami Zayn finally being like no I can trust you now it's all along it's not been I'm just a dick it's that I am actually very skeptical of you and your intentions so it kind of brought that story around full circle and I thought it was amazing that they utilised this War Games match not only to further and bolster the kind of the trajectory of the bloodline and that storyline together but also the fact that it basically closed the chapter on that story of that blood of the bloodline of that entire bit of the bloodline about Sami Zayn and him getting accepted into it and now there's a new kind of way forward of him being fully part of it and fully embraced by all of the members of it and I thought it was absolutely fantastic I thought it was amazing the actual match in itself was great as well there was a lot of really good bits I liked the old um, bit when everyone had Sheamus's move and they were all like clubbing their chests and it was like 50 I think they said it's going to be 50 belt holds or whatever it's called I just really liked it I just thought the entire match was, was really really good and has made me genuinely quite excited and it's made me intrigued to see what happens on Raw tonight or more likely Smackdown on Friday. Yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was an amazing vehicle to get over the next part of that Bloodline story. And ultimately, like regardless of match quality, that's what you should have at the end of a pay-per-view. You should At the end of a wrestling event, you should have. This is why it's happened. And there are legitimate things that have happened coming out of it. And I just thought it was absolutely magnificent. Matt, what did you think? There's a hell of a lot to unpack in all of that. Well, for a start, I think the polar bear is about to strike again. So get ready. <laughs> doesn't like the bloodline i'm telling you this is the start <laughs> no it's not i don't like the bloodline but survivor series just very briefly touching on that i'm gonna be blunt the concept is dead 
I think for the most part, nobody gives a shit about it anymore. So when they said they were going to do war games, I was like, fuck yeah, it's about time to do something different. Nobody gives a shit about these multi-team matches anymore. So I was happy with that. The war games concept, I think you guys know by now, I was a big fan of uh, NXT and have been over the years, especially during its sort of peak period. So I've watched the majority of, in fact, I've probably seen all of the NXT uh, sort of war games matches and loved them. These, uh, I mean, the women's one and this one, and do you know what? To your surprise, probably, the women's War Games match was better. Oh. Ha ha. Yeah, but they do, do, it did surprise me, because I think you're quite contrary. And I think <laughs> you just said that, just to be contrary. The, the guys were, do you know what? It, it wasn't bad. You know, it, and I, I can't, you know, it, I'll definitely go out and say it was a good match. I, I wasn't blown away or anything by it. I mean, to be honest, it, it did kind of feel like, okay, we have sort of seen most of this before. So it, it, it was okay. Like I said, it wasn't bad, but, you know, it, it, was, it was entertaining enough. As far as the bloodline stuff goes, now don't get me wrong, I did laugh my head off with the the sort of Sammy handshake at the end, and you know when he got the hug, you know the crowd definitely did go batch it and, and did like it, and and maybe I should just you know try and just accept it and you know sort of live in the short term, but I'm trying to think sort of longer term, and I'm thinking well this did fuck all for the babyface side, you know the, the the babyface team got shafted. I don't think it did anything for any of them. Like I can't see Sheamus being the challenge next which it kind of felt like it was his team so maybe that was the point drew mcintyre and it's just such a sore spot for me because as you guys know i still think that drew should have won a clash of the castle and drew has never felt colder to me and he shouldn't especially come in after clash because going into it you know especially on the night he felt like a big deal so didn't like that pete dunn was probably one of the highlights of the match that i did enjoy but like i said other than that you know i'd be like i can't i, I suppose maybe they're gonna do you know kevin owens versus roman reigns which i don't know about you guys but it, it feels like i've seen that match 50 times so i, I genuinely could not give two shits if those guys wrestle i've got no interest in there yeah you know in the short term some of the Sami Zayn stuff is funny and it, it you know it does do stuff for the bloodline but again I, I'm just trying to think of who's Roman got next and let's just say sake of argument that you know they go with probably the inevitable Sami Zayn match is he beating Roman Reigns is he fuck there is absolutely no chance in hell of that happening so I'm almost like why are they going to bother doing it well, so I, would, I, would, I would say Matt that there's no chance of any of them would beat him so what difference does it make who you put up against him <laughs> I agree I kind of agree with you because I was thinking about this and I listened to the uh, excellent WrestleMania 4 episode and there are parallels between that like what you said about Hulk Hogan after WrestleMania 3 where you're like Hulk Hogan's beaten every monster of the week so to speak what do you do next part of the reason I'm so excited sorry to come back to you in a second but I, I love the fact that you're like I, I don't know who is going to beat Roman Reigns I genuinely don't so that to me is exciting I think it's, it's different as well It's, it's it, I don't think we've been in this position for well I guess you could argue we were there with Brock Lesnar for a time but I think everyone thought Roman Reigns is going to beat him in the end whereas this time I think there is a genuine feeling of not really sure who's ever going to beat Roman Reigns at this point in time and I'm quite comfortable with that because because, as I said, it feels different. I do think that you're right in a way, though, Matt. I do think this didn't do a lot for the baby faces, and they could have probably done with a bounce from it because somebody needs to step up. It would have made some sense for Sheamus to have 
pinned Roman Reigns in the War Games match, for example, to end the match, because then you could easily lead to a Sheamus Roman Reigns match, which doesn't feel like a match that's been overly done. To me, it feels like something that maybe not completely fresh, but relatively fresh in time for the Rumble, which obviously is where you're looking to set someone up to face Roman Reigns. I did like the match a lot. I thought it was really good. And I really liked the story based nature of it. You know, it wasn't just a match. It wasn't just a couple of people doing moves to each other. There was a whole plot that was played out during the 30 minutes of or whatever it was of this match involving Sami Zayn, involving his relationship with Jay, involving his relationship with Kevin Owens. I also thought it was really refreshing that the the main event crowd, if you like, the Drew McIntyre, Sheamus's Roman Reigns of the world, weren't the spotlight wasn't on them. They weren't the focus of the match. It was about the undercard players. It was about Sami Zayn. It was about Jay Uso. And I just thought that was that was really refreshing and really decent. I don't agree with you. Let me go back to the first point about Survivor Series. I don't agree with you, Matt. That, that there's no saving Survivor Series but I think what they need to do is only have one match a year and it needs to be built up in the same way this War Games match was built up that ultimately with this War Games match they gave you a reason for five wrestlers to face five wrestlers that would do as a Survivor Series match and in fact I think I'd still go back to that Survivor Series 2014 main event which I think is an absolutely amazing match which involved Sting's debut and involved Dolph Ziggler kind of almost going over and actually what they did after it was terrible but the match itself was phenomenal they can still do great Survivor Series matches but they should only do one a year and they should make sure they really build to it in the same way they built to this War Games match otherwise there's no point in doing Survivor Series matches because the concept in itself doesn't work that's the point you can't sell a pay-per-view just on Survivor Series matches you have to build a feud or a story behind those matches and then you can promote a really good one but that's the same with War Games in my view you can't just present a War Games match with random people in it because to me that's just got no value to it it's got to be as a concept of something else there's got to be a reason for these five wrestlers to face these other five wrestlers in terms of where they go next so i i think you're right in some ways tom this probably does close the chapter on whether Sami Zayn is in or out of the bloodline but it doesn't necessarily mean he won't turn against them still you know there, no. there feels that it could still be a twist to that tale which is that Sami Zayn turns against them but I don't know to what end though that's that's the problem I don't know to what end he turns against them I've got a feeling and this is very obvious shout to say but it really wouldn't surprise me if at Wrestlemania we get Zayn and Owens versus the Usos so I understand that from a where we go at Wrestlemania what I mean is to what end does the character turn on them what is the point of all of this groundwork and then turning on them and I think that's going to be really key and I think if Triple H if Triple H's reign as the supremo of WWE is going to be something that I'm interested in, then if he does this turn, there has to be a reason for it. It can't just be, oh, I did, I turned on him. Like, no, there's got to be a reason for it. No, and I, I think as well, and I don't know how they do it. But I think as well personally that Sami Zayn, the actual person, is. Have you? I don't know if you guys have seen this, the Broken Skull sessions with with him. It's uh, it's really is really good. I think he takes enough kind of pride in his art. Uh, if you will, that he will make it make sure that it makes sense. I wouldn't surprise me if it's already been discussed because I, I get the idea that it's Triple H is a lot more forward thinking than Vince McMahon and the previous creative team was. And I don't think I'm not necessarily going to say no Triple H is the head of creative. It's all going to be amazing again because I still think we're still kind of you know seeing that play out. But I, I think that he's got some old school sensibilities, and I think that he will probably try to try to make sure that that is at least already sketched out anyway. It might be that they don't have a plan. 
that they've just gone right what we're going to do is we're going to have Sami Zayn with the bloodline and that might be it and that's fine too I have no problem with that either because they basically can work in this whole storyline and then later on figure out why Sami Zayn eventually leaves or why the bloodline splits up or whatever it is that ends up happening for the bloodline but if they are planning and they've put Sami Zayn in this position purely so he can turn on them they have to make sure he's got a reason for it otherwise I'll be done I'll be, I'll be absolutely done with the Triple H reign now be it instantly for me because it'll just be like this is the same shit you have to give your characters a justification a, a motivation for the things they do otherwise there's absolutely no point in this this you'll never tell a good story again there are a couple of things that did bother me during the match so for example the stuff with owens and zane was still they're still banging on about the fact they were best men or each other's wedding and whatnot and i'm like how many iterations of a feud between these two do we have to go through before it no longer needs to be related back to the fact that they were best men at each other's weddings they had a feud in nxt they had a feud in wwe when first when owens and owens and zane were first on the main roster they probably had one since they've been in a tag team since again i think they've been back together like you you have to let that go now and just say that these you can relate back to their other feuds and their friendship and stuff but come on they've turned on each other enough for us to get past the idea that this is still unbelievable because they were uh, best men at each other and that really pisses me off i've got no time for that at all my initial reaction was going to be like well actually tito and rick martel but it was actually just one turn and a feud that lasted for ages as a result yeah. of that one turn and i have so- no problem with that one turn being the basis for these guys hating each other but they keep saying like for example when Sami Zayn low blowed him they're like oh my god he was best man at his wedding I'm like so what Kevin Owens turned on him at NXT and powerbombed him into the ring like why why does anyone care about the fact that he was best man at his wedding anymore we're past that the story's moved so far beyond that like eight years ago like it's time for us to leave that in the past I'm happy for them to keep feuding and keep hating each other but the commentators can't keep relaying it back to this thing that happened in real life when there's been so much on screen narrative that's followed we know there's no subtlety at all it's that? not about subtlety it's about poor it's about ignoring on-screen canon ignoring things that have actually happened in their own universe that's the problem i've got it's, it can be as unsubtle as they want i have no problem with that it's just a lack of acknowledging things that people will have watched and had they acknowledged those things people would feel that they were they got value out of having watched those things that's been a problem for years though, hasn't it oh yeah of course it's, but it's, it should my point is is if triple h's reign is going to be different yeah. and this is the things he needs to be clearing up yeah i mean i still think i still think there's an element of well, something wasn't built on a day <laughs> triple h's <laughs> wasn't built on a day and I, I bet you there's still elements there's probably still well definitely are loads of vincism and elements that are still that are still kind of happening and still there are issues related to that the thing that is interesting i was chatting to i met old man for lunch today actually and he says fuck off to both of you um <laughs> and he he kind of said that like he's still reading like the the reports and stuff like that on bleacher report and there are still complaints obviously because there always is you go back and read an episode of an issue of power slam from 1998 and they're still complaining about things and we're like what's wrong with you it was the greatest time ever uh, but there are still complaints but the complaints are so much le- le- lesser and about little things as much these days i can guarantee you i, I did genuinely think if this happened a couple of months ago it would have been absolutely rotten by now so i think i think I, i'm feeling reasonably positive about the rain but i'm still waiting for it to play out before i before i get on the triple h bandwagon because ultimately he's knew about montreal so fucking <laughs> all comes back to montreal typical Boys. typical stuff and bret hart obviously which yeah i'm sure Goldberg as well <laughs> all right <laughs> well there we go and matt is there anything else you want to add I mean, you obviously watch most of the rest of the show what did you make of survivor series as a whole it was okay it, it was 
was it was it was decent enough. It was a decent enough uh, day of entertainment, to be honest. It, it was nothing massively to write home about. Like I said, I, I genuinely did prefer the, uh, the the women's war games match. Um, I thought the finish of that was absolutely spectacular. I don't know if anybody saw it, but uh, Becky Lynch doing a really cool leg drop off the top of the cage. It was awesome. One or two sort of scary bumps in that, like um, Bianca Belair, not Bianca Belair, uh, Bailey sort of landed on her head at one point, which looked a little bit scary, uh, which that wasn't great. But oh, one thing that I did want to mention, probably the, the thing that I thought was the best thing in the entire show, and this is, to be fair, this is in the men's war games match, nothing to do actually in the ring itself. Roman Reigns in the cage, sat on a chair, just sending Jay to the ring. Like when, uh, I think it was it was Jay's turn to go or whatever, or Sammy's turn. You know, Jimmy was going to be the second person in That's and he it. stopped yeah. him and sent Sammy in. And I loved, I loved the look that he gave when Solo was in there battering people because yeah. I think Solo Sikoa is great as well. I love, I love his kind of role. They've kind of given him, I've always liked the way that Bad Luck Fale's presented in New Japan as like the, the underboss in the Bullet Club, like the enforcer, the mercenary sort of guy. And that kind of seems how Solo Sikoa's. Or a more obvious reference, Aaron Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like just the, the muscle. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really like that kind of, that way that he's presented and he looks fucking harder than anyone in the bloodline as well. So, I, I don't think it was a mini Umaga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit more yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his, his middle name as well in real life is Yokozuna. Really? His That's real me. middle ah. name. Joseph Yokozuna Fatu is his name. Oh, I find it something amazing the other day. I've got to remember. <laughs> I found it out, but I can't remember it already. Oh, can't, can't have been that amazing. No, it's not. I'm sure I read somewhere the other day that Kurt Angle's got a really funny middle name, but yeah, and it's the Stephen. We got a Stephen on this podcast, so it's not something to be mocked at all. Never mind. Yeah. Um, the other thing I quickly say as well is that this is the first WWE War Games match I've seen. I haven't seen any of the NXT ones, so I've got nothing to compare it with against the other than the, the previous WCW ones that I've got. The one thing that was a slight disappointment in it is I was hoping someone, probably a Uso, to be fair, to jump over the top rope from one ring to another. I was hoping a splash effectively from that, uh, but that was the one thing that I was I was looking forward to from a War Games match, but that didn't happen. So I tell you what, actually, when I think about this, like I don't think the War Games added anything to this match. I think this would have been great as a Survivor Series match. I really do. I, I don't think it made any difference that this was War Games. I still think it's a it's a nonsense match. They they did what 25 minutes of the match, and then they were like, oh, now the match starts official. I was like, fuck off. What a stupid concept for a match yeah, this is. I don't understand why they well they don't just say the match can be won. No, that makes more sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're gonna implement that rule where you can't win until everyone's in the ring, that's fair enough. But don't call it the match starting. Because what I've been watching for the last 20 minutes. I think it also is negative psychology. The war games match compared to a survivor series so war games you slowly build up the numbers of people in the match to the point where you can't focus on anything because there's so much going on survivor series is the other way around it starts chaotic and tends towards order where you've got end up with two against one or one against one at the end or three against one or whatever so for me it's it's the it's the wrong way around the fact yeah. that you can't eliminate people is a problem for me with war games and, and as i said the first 20 minutes or so feels pointless because no one can win i will say that in this case what they did is they used the concept of a story really well to get you through it and you have to do that in my opinion to make war games watchable because otherwise the first 20 minutes is just a pointless nonsense how does butch do his finger clicking thing anyone have a clue so he, when, he, when, he, when he's got the fingers and he, do you hear the snap so i can remember I, clicking his fingers isn't he that loud though like 
could you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but you know, but like I, I don't know. Like I just find I, I remember. I'm pretty sure we watched. I'm pretty sure he was at that progress show we went to, and I can remember him doing. And I can remember us being able to hear it from fucking miles away. But how the fuck does he do that? Unless there's like some guy with like a you know with a microphone and like I don't know like two drumsticks and just goes like that like backstage or something like that. The other thing I did want to quickly say that is disappointing about the show as a whole, even though I haven't seen it, is that I can't help but think that the Judgment Day versus the OC or whatever would have been a perfect Survivor Series match. Admittedly, a trimmed down one with three people, or they could have got some jobbers. I mean, Rey Mysterio and Edge have got issues with, or have had issues with the Judgment Day. They could have got two two other people in, and then you could have had a, a Survivor Series match from that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, especially if it's a, if it's a lesser importance match and you just want to give someone a traditional Survivor Series match, then that would make sense. But I just think make it the most important match. Don't do any others. Just make it one the most important. Because Tom, I think if you're going to get a whole card, Matt's going to be right. People are going to be like, "This is pointless. I don't want to watch this." <laughs> we can't have that now, can we? No, exactly. No. We can't have the, but people, it's the polar as, bear after all. But we, but we, as we will find out, that people are wrong. As we, <laughs> well, as no, we, no, no, I no, want, no, I, no. What we, what we found, Tom, is Matt is wrong. That's that's <laughs> what, I, what I want. I no, want. Tom, make me right. <laughs> I want. I want five tag teams, ten man each team, all crowded around the ring, like in Survivor Series 1988. And you can't see a thing that's going on. That's what I want from a Survivor Series match. Maybe one day again it will come back. Right, we're gonna. I'm gonna cut it there because we've got to do other recording as we are recording this. But uh, if it has gone out as a, as a separate thing, thank you for listening, and we will be back with our next WrestleMania show very shortly. <laughs>